Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. I don't know all the scenarios. Um, I would like to win out. <laughs> so that'll be my focus. But um, you never know what the scenarios will come down to week 17. But I'd prefer to just try to go 1-0 each week and... Um, you know, give ourselves every chance to be playing January football. Who is this week? The Bears? The Bears, The Bears. Right? And, okay, this is this Bears championship week if P.J. Fleck was oh, the God. coach of the Vikings. Uh, just like the Badgers win. game on Saturday, is that right? Bears championship week. Um, we're going to dive into nerd football stats of the week, and this is going to be a juicy one. We've got stuff on Mike Zimmer's record versus winning teams. Woof. <laughs> and Dan Bailey as a kicker the last few years. We'll get to all those things, but a uh, quick shout out to our friends at Corona Hard Seltzer, Declan Goff. Keeping yeah. us hydrated on the show. Keeping us hydrated. You know, we'll get into some pretty bad records with Mike Zimmer, but I'll tell you what, I've never had a bad record against Corona Hard Seltzer. And and there's been other times, other alcohols that I have had some bad times, and I have yet to experience any bad times with Corona Hard Seltzer. Because it's the only hard seltzer made with Pure Beach vibes, with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors, such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Football. You know, you have to look at history. You have to look at past performances. You have to look at the person. I mean, you know, sometimes you guys write bad articles and, you know, does the, does your editor come in and say, Hey, you know, either write this one better or I'm going to fire you. Or does he look at what you've done in the past? I mean, it's all the same stuff to me. Does that ever happen to you as, I, as a writer, Judd Zilgan? Can I, can I say, I think Zim is doing the equating wrong here. I think in the world of, uh, journalism what dan bailey did on sunday would be more akin to plagiarism like i don't think he wrote a bad like three three missed kicks and a missed pat is is not a bad article it's plagiarizing like it's fireable no i I would say it's more of you're a beat writer and you were assigned to go to the game and you just didn't tell anyone and you didn't show up and you didn't let anyone know or is it that fair enough that you got assigned to the game and you definitely were doing your own writing but you got bombed before the game Took some more shots of Yag during the game oh. and just like fair, yes, urinated all, of, all over your 
Typewriter. All all three of us are saying things that'll get you fired. Like I think if you don't write a great game story, that's that's like a missed tackle. All right. Okay. Yeah. Th- yeah. That what what ha- yeah. I'd say what happened on Sunday with Dan Bailey was more than just like oh you had a bad article there, buddy. No. No. It was like I lit myself on fire while yes. submitting the article. Like Declan said, my boss. Or I something. forgot to show up. What? Yeah, I didn't go to the game. All right, Mike Zimmer was asked, and we'll get to nerd football stats. By the way, welcome into Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Declan Goff. And uh, we appreciate you sticking with us this roller coaster season. We are your Vikings therapists. And uh, a disclaimer for every show, if you think we're being negative ever at any point, if you think we're too critical of Kirk Cousins at any point, and I know it might be a shell shock because there are other outlets that are only positive about the Vikings. Well, we tell it like it is sometimes more than these other outlets. And it's all through the mission statement of we would like to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die. Eight and eight, nine and seven. Well, you know, great for keeping fan interest. That ain't good enough if Super Bowl is the goal. So we're going to be a little bit more harsh on this team sometimes. This is Mike Zimmer asked if he's talked to Dan Bailey. No, I haven't talked to him. I'll talk to him uh, tomorrow or Wednesday. Will Dan Bailey play against the Bears? I haven't made the decision yet. Yeah. And as of the recording of this here late on this Tuesday morning, I don't think he's been cut yet. And Tuesday is an off day where you might start to cut people. Well, they, they I think if he was going to be cut, he probably would have been cut yesterday. And here's the problem, too. Uh, you can't now assign a kicker off the street and have him kick f- for you on Sunday because I believe it's a five-day incubation period where you have to be tested five consecutive days for COVID and pass before you can play and or practice and or, I believe, enter the facility of the team. So right now, your choices are take your shot with Bailey again for game three of what could be a disaster or Tristan Vizcaino, who's on your practice squad, and a kicker from, I think he played for Washington, um, and he has never kicked in an NFL game. And he missed like a third of his kicks in his last year of college, I saw too. Oh, but besides that, he'll so, be great though. So your choices against the Bears, outstanding. It'll be great, Mrs. Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. Other than that. Is Lincoln so great play? Anyway, play. I think I think Bailey is going to at this point kick on Sunday. I, I actually a couple things. Ryan Longwell, you reached out to Ryan Longwell. He did talk to the Star Tribune, and he's been a friend of our show, Mackie and Judd, for a long time. He is scheduled to join Purple Daily tomorrow, and he sees some things in the mechanics of Dan Bailey that are fixable. I'm going to go on a limb right here, early write that down prediction, and okay. I'll make this official on Mackie and Judd tomorrow. I think. I think Dan Bailey fixes it this week if he if he keeps his job, and I think he's lights out this weekend. I think that's just how kickers work. Or is it puts his lights out? Or is it, Walks out to the 50 <laughs> and just decks him. <laughs> Bang! Get those nerds! 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 So every single Tuesday, we sift through all the different data points and statistics and analytics and we bring you numbers that are relevant, and they uh, and they generate discussions here. And let's start with this one. We'll get to some Dan Bailey stuff, but Mike Zimmer's record versus winning teams in his career as Vikings head coach. According to StatHead.com, the Vikings are 14-33 and 33 since 2014 against teams that finished the season with a winning record. And for this season, that includes teams that are projected to finish the season with a winning record. Uh, so out of context, it's like, okay, well, that doesn't seem very good, right? 14 and 33, but right. they are winning teams and they're winning teams for a reason. Like you're not just going to beat winning teams on a regular basis. So like what, what is to be expected in this, uh, in this win loss category? 
So I found three other coaches, and there's, I mean, we could do a deep dive into some other ones. They're, like John Harbaugh is below 500 against uh, winning teams as well. Not quite as far below percentage-wise as Mike Zimmer, but three coaches that I think, if your goal is to win a Super Bowl, these are three coaches that all have Super Bowls. They all have Hall of Fame quarterbacks, too, for the most part. So that plays a factor in here, too. Andy Reid with the Chiefs. He's 500. as as Not counting his Eagles tenure, but as Chiefs coach, He's 500 against winning teams, 28 and 28. Okay. Now, three of those years, Patrick Mahomes. But the other three or four years, Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was he was beating some winning teams with, with Alex Smith, too. Beating more winning teams with the greatest quarterback of all time. Pete Carroll with the Seahawks is 33 and 32 against teams that finished the season with a winning record. And Mike Tomlin is an incredible 49 and 42 against teams that finished the season with a winning record. Wow. So um, your thoughts on Zimmer being 19 games below 500, 14 and 33 in his career as coach against winning teams? Uh, The record itself is unacceptable. Uh, I think Pete Carroll, the comparison is probably incredibly fair. Now, nice to have Russell Wilson. Yeah, and, but but, yeah. Now, but now we're taking shot. Now you guys are negative on right, Kirk. But 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 here here's where here's where I will say nice to have a Wilson or or a top quarterback. But keep in mind, in Mike's world, his team begins with defense. So so like you can't. I, Mike's not sitting there saying, "I'm an offensive coach that can't find a QB." Mike is saying my formula begins with my defense and the execution of that group of players. Like that's my pride and joy and focus. Yeah. And, and so, yes, it would be great if the Vikings had a top Hall of Fame type QB. That being said, that's not how Mike lives his life. Like Mike wants the offense to do its job and he doesn't care how they do it. What he wants them to do is he wants them to execute for the benefit of his defense. So, like, I can't sit here and, and say, you know what, if Teddy had panned out, you know, that was Mike's guy. He was, but it wasn't because Mike loves and, you know, cultivates like Reed does, right? Yeah. The QB uh, position. And keep in mind, too, don't say, or we can't say in KC that Reed is, you know, fortunate in this sense. The Chiefs had a good, solid QB. They then said, we can do better. They then made a trade to go up and get Mahomes. So, like, their strategy was incredibly sound and wise, but they didn't just trip into this kid. They cultivated this because they saw this path. Mm-hmm. And and it's turned out that they were 1,000% correct. Um, Seattle took a flyer on a third-round QB in Wilson, but they had just signed Matt Flynn to a big contract, and most teams would have never said, this third-round QB is playing great in camp. Let's not play the guy that we just signed. The point being is, in these cases, these teams have made calculated decisions and at times gutsy ones to get to where they, they are. Um, but the thing with Mike is if you're going to base your philosophy and your life around the success of your defense, it better be damn good all the time. And 14 and what, 33? Is that what you said, Phil? Yes. That is, that is to me not acceptable if you're going to be back to the, the credo of Purple Daily, a Super Bowl contending yes. and sometimes even hold on for it winning team.
Yeah, there's all right. Off of what you're saying there, I feel like there's a couple ways to go off this. There's the quarterback discussion, and yeah, like Andy Reid is better against winning teams because Pat Mahomes is the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. Right? He's he's ridiculous. Sure. Um, so let's do it. Let's do a dive into the quarterbacks here, because because uh, our friend Minnesota researcher on Twitter took the winning team's number and broke it down and sorted it by Zimmer's starting quarterbacks. Bridgewater, Bradford, Keenum, and Cousins. So Zimmer tied Zimmer and all the the things, the defense and everything tied to those quarterbacks. What is that combination's winning record? Bridgewater, Zimmer, Bradford, Zimmer, Keenum, Zimmer, Cousins, Zimmer against winning teams. Now I will say Case Keenum's record is the best in part because the Vikings also built the best defense in the right. NFL in 2017. Right. And so they were beating the formula better teams. Yep. Absolutely. And so Teddy Bridgewater and Mike Zimmer were 3 and 11 against winning teams. Bradford and Mike Zimmer were 4 and 6 against winning teams. So okay. not terrible, right? Yep. Keenum and Zimmer were 5 and 3 in that one season against winning teams and the defense that the defense was so much better that year than it is now, um, but but also better that year than any other year. Like they were always sort of fringe top five defense, and then they were number one. This is the outlier bad defense, maybe with the 2014 defense, and the other defenses are all good, like like top yeah. ten defenses, right? Sure. And Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer are four and seventeen mm. against winning teams, mm. and and for this year in particular, you can say, yeah, Kirk's been better in a lot of games and the offense has been the driving force and yes. the defense has let them down more this year than other years. Yes. So it's not fair to dump all of this on my guy, Mr. Game winning drive Kirk cousins. Um, but it is pretty telling that the cousin Zimmer record is worse by far than some of these other records, but none of them are really great records outside of the one year where they had the number one defense in the NFL. And let's go back to, and I, I think the fairest year to, pick at like a scab 2018 because that team was supposed to be a Super Bowl type team that took a quarterback who was considered right or wrong now superior yeah. to Keenum and they and only win and they only beat like one winning that's team that year and that something. to me is the year that you could go back and say this is not acceptable like we that Cousins was not signed to develop here yeah. Cousins was signed to have an immediate impact that would uh take it, all faults that Case Keenum had put them aside and win immediately. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a year that from Zimmer standpoint, Spielman standpoint, cousin standpoint is incredibly fair to pick at and say, coming off a run to the conference title game, you didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's bad. And you know, there's a, there's a letdown factor. Sometimes if you go look at the teams that get their asses kicked in the conference championship game, and I and we did this on our show when this happened. It was like it was like the last six teams that got just shellacked like that in the conference championship game wound up crashing the next season and missing the playoffs. I mean the Panthers, um, when, or when you I think it was Super Bowl this. or conference championship yeah. game. Yep. And so, uh, so that's that's part of it. But the the other thing I would point to in terms of why does Mike Zimmer have such a hard time beating winning teams? The Vikings play such a safe. And thin margin for air style of of football. Mm-hmm. It's all predicated on defense first, time of possession, and grind out the run game. Mm-hmm. They're not looking to to be super dynamic offensively. Sometimes they are. I mean, they've there's been moments with Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen and now Justin Jefferson. Like 
They can be dynamic. But since 2014, here's another nerd stat for you guys. Get those nerds! 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 The Vikings have attempted the fourth fewest amount of passes of any team in the NFL. And so they're, and actually it's funny because Seattle's, Seattle's among that too. You'd think that, wow, really with Russell Wilson? And now they're letting Russ cook a lot more the last couple of years. Right. But when you, when you run the ball more than any other team, not just to run out a lead in the second half, but when like your approach early in the game is to pound the run and play defense in time of possession, mm-hmm. you're essentially making it so that you're, you're not giving yourself a chance to win games by 14, 20 points and have those blowouts that pop up once in a while. You're you're playing a style that's going to result in a close game one way or the other, and if you don't complete a fourth quarter comeback, or if the other team, um, you know, gets ahead late or something happens, you're going to lose more often. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then obviously, like if you don't have Pat Mahomes, you're going to lose more often too. So, playing that conservative style definitely keeps you in more games, but it it also leads to losses in situations where if you were to just throttle down early with your weapons and get out to a 14 point lead Sunday. Exactly. Like the Vikings. They scored six points in the first half. I mean, Dan Bailey needs to make a kick. Sure. But score a touchdown, The too. Vikings cannot, with the way that they operate, they cannot lose Sunday's game. Like, there's no there's no margin to lose that game. They can't. If you dominate time of possession um, and you have opportunities, you can't lose that, that game. Which is why the lengthy drive that drove me crazy in the third quarter is so instructive to how they operate because that drive was very much a we lead drive and you're down 23 to six. Yeah. But I mean, that game is, that's a game that in Zimmer's world, you have to win. You cannot lose it. Yeah. You well, have to win it. And again, like Dan Bailey makes some kicks and they might, they might win that game. Right. Like but I'm saying they can't, but that, but Phil to that point, that can't go wrong. Like that's the thing is there's no there is no margin no for it there's no wrong. margin for Dan Bailey to have a horrific day, mm-hmm. and that's a problem. That's yep. I, I mean, look at that that game last night, Baltimore Cleveland, Stefanski too. But look at that game; those teams are going up and down like it's NBA basketball 2020. Mm-hmm. And then to back to your point, the Vikes come along and say, oh, do you guys remember the bad boys from the Pistons? And we're like, what? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to slow her down. Yeah. So what? one more thing off this, and we'll get to some more uh, nerd football stats. Is there anything you could foresee the Vikings doing or Mike Zimmer doing, to like short of landing Patrick Mahomes, that would bring them to at least a, like a 500 record going forward against winning teams <sighs> so that they're not just getting beat two out of every three games against winning teams. You, you can have, say, well, they got to fix the offensive line. No, you got to do this. It's like, well. No, in there, with how they do things, you, you would basically, yes, the answer is this, but it's very tough to, uh, to do because it involves getting every part of it right. You would have to get a defense again as good as the 2017 defense. That's how you do it, but I don't know that you can. That's eleven pieces to a puzzle. It's like that's like a once. Like that's in not a one gen- piece. It's a once in a generation roster construction. Yeah, it doesn't just happen. Yeah, it doesn't you? You can't just maintain that on an annual basis. They had it in two thousand seventeen. But that I mean that that's my answer to your question is that yeah, like you you would need to go out every Sunday and dominate defensively with two bad games. Yeah, uh, here's another one for you. 
as the nerd football stats of the week are presented by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated is helping business owners. I don't think they can help special teams units. I don't know that. You are can you sure about that? Federatedinsurance.com. You can see if they've got like a like a special teams or kicking section. Can Dan section. Bailey go online maybe? <sighs> LinkedIn is my best recommendation for, for Dan Bailey. Uh, my Shield and Federated is my recommendation. If you're a business owner out there, they have launched My Shield, which is a risk management resource tool for your business. It's available 24-7 and can be accessed from a computer, a tablet, smartphone, or the MyShield app. Go to federatedinsurance.com and click on Meet My Shield. And remember, at Federated Insurance, it's always our business to protect yours. Here's another one for you. Dan Bailey related, okay? Because a lot's being made about how Dan Bailey is one of the most accurate field goal kickers of all time, right? Like, hey, don't overreact. I saw Paul Allen tweeted this out, and it got a ton of traction on game day, that don't overreact for for this bad stretch of like a week and a half, basically, where uh, you're going you're gonna to cut one of the most accurate field goal kickers of all time, okay? Sure. Well, all time he ranks 11th on the all-time field goal percentage list, and that is accurate. But he ranked second mm-hmm. when the Vikings picked him up in 2018. Mm-hmm. If you just take Dan Bailey's last four seasons as an NFL kicker, three of which are with the Vikings, one was his last year with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. He's making just 78% of his field goals and only 90% of his extra points. Both are below league average. In fact, his, if you just take the last four seasons, that 78% field goals, that would rank 27th among active kickers right now. Yep. He's also only hitting over those four years on 61% of field goals over 40 yards. Yep. So he's been very pedestrian for the most part the last four years after getting off to a ridiculous career start in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Well, and don't forget, training camp was a 2019. The, the Vikings became so concerned about Bailey's struggles in the preseason that they traded a fifth round pick to Baltimore for Kari Vedvik, who they then ended up cutting because he, he was so atrocious, but this is not like they have not tried to replace Bailey before. I'm telling you, I think part of the thing now is, is Zim knows when it comes to this kicking situation, he's sort of screwed. And I, I think he also knows that he has now cut um, two guys during the course of the season, three, if you include the uh, Vedvik cutting. And I think he also knows that this is now become at least partially a reflection on him. So we shouldn't make it out like Bailey got here and has been just great. They tried to replace him before. So you would like to see them solve this eventually, though, wouldn't you? Like, And I'm not talking 10 years. I'm talking, wouldn't it be nice to have a five-year run with, with no kicker controversy i thought that we were actually going to get through 2020 okay before this but wouldn't it be nice to have a five-year just steady kicker run where you don't have to go through this these shenanigans uh, declan's going to pull some old tweets exposed later this week on Mackie and judd i thought we were there about two months ago according to my twitter feed that people are sending to old tweets exposed i i was very comfortable <laughs> yeah, with dan bailey up until right, like though. two weeks ago you, you were right <laughs> but the numbers bear it out i mean he's been a below average kicker in fact, maybe a well below average starting kicker over the past four seasons in the NFL. You know what? So. The one thing where he is incredibly fortunate is this. Sunday's game, no fans. Can you imagine home stadium if he shanks a kick? Oh, man. 
Yeah. That place would erupt. Well, there's been a couple games, like early in the year, when Kirk was playing just horrible The Atlanta football. game they, would have been awful. Dude, like the Atlanta game where he throws that interception yes. out of the gate against a winless team. They would have booed oh. him up. They would, they would have single-handedly, at halftime of the Falcons' loss, booed Cousins off the field. I don't yeah. think oh, yeah. they would have cared about the rest of the team one damn bit. Totally. It would have been all Kirk. Yeah. But if Dan Bailey attempts, you know, a 36-yard field goal first quarter Sunday, it goes wide right. If they had fans there, I can only imagine what that how how um how poisonous that place would be do atmosphere. You, do you have just an impromptu pecking order of the biggest Vikings kicker meltdowns? Like how would you rank well, I've got, what's happening yeah. with Dan Bailey? I've got names and then I think we should rank them. Okay. Okay. So I've got names for you. Because there have been some good good ones, okay. certainly, through the years. Yeah, let's fire this, let's fire this up. Okay. Football. I don't. This is showing my age, but I, I don't know who Doug Breen is. Brian. Brian. Doug Brian. Okay. Yeah, Doug Brian. Wasn't he a Jets kicker at one point, too? Yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. I don't know why I know that, but. He, he was. So we, we've, got, we've got Gary, who, yep. Gary by Anderson. the way, okay. was perfect the entire 98 season. Until he missed the uh, kick that I think would have put the Vikings up by 10 in the mm-hmm. conference championship game. I think that was the first ever announcer jinx, I remember. Pat where Summerall. Pat Summerall just yep. teased it up. He's been perfect all season. And here's Gary Anderson from 38 yards. Woof. No and, good. And Madden, <laughs> and Madden chimes in with, you got to think he's going to make it, right? Yep. You got to <laughs> yeah, think does. he's going to make this. <laughs> It's such of an course, easy kick. Yeah, you gotta think that. You gotta think. You Screw shouldn't you. Th- think that. Uh, Bailey is on the list. Doug Bryan, who in 2002 uh, missed two of the old school, so short extra points against the Lions, against the Bills, Bills, yeah. causing causing then radio analyst Joe Sensor to say, "Get the hell out!" After his second miss, and <laughs> but here's the best part. So Doug Bryan in the post-game Ticey press conference after that game at the Metrodome, Ticey cut him. He cut him right after the game. A reporter asked, what are you going to do about Doug Bryan? And Ticey's response is something like, what do you think I should do? And then I think the follow-up to the question was, are you going to cut him? And Ticey said yes. So he basically (laughs) confirmed. And then, Phil, here's the best part. On his way home, Ticey called the KFAN postgame show to talk about it more. That's awesome. Amazing. The head coach called the postgame show. Amazing. So Doug Bryan, Bailey, Anderson, Walsh. Yeah, 27-yarder. Blair yarder. Walsh. So there's a couple meltdowns. There's the 27-yarder, and then there was just like the preseason meltdown the next year. But mm-hmm. well, we'll go tw- the 27-yarder and everything that came after it. The Daniel Daniel Carlson and Daniel Carlson. Right? Okay, those are my five. Did Jan Stenner would ever have a meltdown? No, not, that I, not that I recall. Not that I, well, I recall. So 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 we we start with ninety eight. We got two thousand two covered. We got two thousand fifteen. Okay. We got two thousand eighteen. Right. That's Carlson, and Correct. then two thousand twenty. All right. In terms of see, there's there's meltdown factor. Like if you miss two old school extra points and get cut after the game, that is just like an amazing. Up in flames, and that's situation. what a 20, 20 something yard attempt. Nineteen old yard, school extra. It's a, it's a twenty yard attempt. Nineteen yard attempt. Okay. right? But it's not NFC Championship game. Super yeah, Bowl. On Gary the line. might have to be a top to I list because he has, of he that. has to be. Yes, I actually. All right, this is gonna sound crazy. I actually think Blair Walsh is a top the list. 
because it's a 27-yard, like, the game ends if you make it situation, right? I get that it was like 50 below zero wind chill. Yeah. But it was 27 yards, and I think there, was, there wasn't much time on the clock. There might have been no time on the clock. I think that miss ended the game, if I'm not mistaken. It was near the end. Yeah. And so that's number one for me, and then he his career just sort of derailed after that. Gary Anderson was a little further back. 38 it was thirty eight. Yeah. There was a. There, I still think it's so. Historic. There was a rusher coming in from the from the right that caused him to push to pull it. You're going to the super. I mean, you're going to the super. Bowl if, if you, you get that kick. kick, you're up by ten, and your fate right, is basically that's fair. that's fair. Blair Walsh for sure too. Okay. Yeah, I think three's got to be missing two old school extra points, and your coach cutting you. In the post game press conference, I, what do you think I That's should hilarious. do? That's hilarious. It is pretty funny. That's got to be number three, right? Okay. You're then, getting you're getting dressed. The reporters come in and have to tell you you've been cut. You're out, dude. Just uh, okay. So three, Doug Bryan, Dan Bailey's number four. Yeah, and Daniel Carlson's number five. Okay. Daniel Carlson wasn't even that big of a meltdown. It was like and week it was, two for it was week two. There wasn't on the line. For rookie. And with Blair, it was I think when you look at the 2015 playoff field, like. Carolina represented the NFC that year. Like the playoff field was there for the Vikings to make a run. Teddy and Teddy, two gloves. If Teddy would have two gloves. Could you imagine it, what would have happened to my psyche if Teddy Bridgewater led this team to a Super Bowl? It would have been, but what? Ha- yeah, potentially so, greater disastrous. What happens then if he does that, and then the next year the leg snaps? Oh my God! I that, think they stick. If they, if even if they, they got stick to the, with him, yeah, I think they stick with him. Maybe. Yeah, if he's got a ring, they definitely stick yeah, with him. They, sure. they well, hell, with him. just a Super Bowl berth. Just yeah. got him there. Yeah. Let's say they lost. I got one more for you guys. One more Get for you. those nerds! 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 All right, and this, we can have a, a bigger quarterback discussion tomorrow on our state of Kirk Cousins. But this next stat is off of one of the great Monday Night Football games we've seen the last couple of years. Lamar Jackson, despite spending a half hour of real time getting an IV for cramps or sitting in a bathroom stall that would have you been make the, the decision lo- that would have been the longest <laughs> having to go really in a long time Phil. It happens he ran for 124 yards on nine carries last night he also juked his way out of pressure a bunch of times yes Baker Mayfield got out of pressure a bunch of times yeah and I was just I'm watching that game last night and I'm watching the quarterback the mobile quarterback play and I'm thinking 10 years ago when you were watching you know, Sunday night football or Monday night football and the the marquee matchups in those games, like Eli Manning. Coming up next, statue quarterbacks (laughs) dropping back in the pocket and curling up in the fetal position under pressure, right? Like 10 years ago, guys like Eli Manning ran the league, just drop back, Two seconds, if the rush gets home, turtle like Peyton does, right? And now we literally have half the league is a human joystick with a big arm, including like Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers can still move for 35 years old. And so, yeah, like offensive line is important for every team. And the Browns have actually have a great offensive line. But when you have dudes like Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray or Mahomes, Wilson, Josh Allen, like, Deshaun Watson, it gives you so much room to just cover up weak spots. Like, you don't feel, oh, my God, we need five Hall of Fame offensive linemen for my statue quarterback to drop back and have perfect conditions. Mm-hmm. Last night, Lamar Jackson just, zit, 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 zit. yeah, boom, 35, 42 points, whatever it was. Yep. So And, and he buys time. So he, he scrambles, and it's just sort of weird because he's, he's just freaking 
running around back there. Uh, the the defensive back lose their contain, and he finds guys. Like that that touchdown that won the game was basically that he he scrambled so so long that the defensive backs couldn't keep up with the uh, receivers, and like eventually a guy comes open. It's like school school ground football. It's awesome to watch, but the thing about it is, like you watch those offenses operate, Phil, and then. And this does not make, to be clear, the Vikings offense a bad one. But then you watch the Vikings offense operate, and it's like it's in two different sports at times to me. Well, they have one they have one gear that they're really comfortable operating in, right? And when they can operate in that gear, yeah, no and, they can, down. and they can pound it to Dalvin and play action and Kirk accurate down the field, right? Like in the offensive line's blocking. Yep. If they can operate in those parameters, they are really, really good, if not great offensively. Uh, the the problem is if they get knocked off their perch or a, de- a defense brings a game plan or they fall behind or whatever happens, it's way harder for them to switch gears than some of these other teams. You know who would be great now? Who would fit in perfectly? Dante. Dante. He'd, I know. He'd be the norm. I know. He's, He's so the norm now. God, can you imagine uh, just like 270 pound bulls throw, people throw the ball over, 80 yards down he the can field? Throw, exactly oh. right. I mean, I, so much fun. I love Teddy, but Dante's second to me, and I, I would honestly think I'd you know I'd, I'd rather I think take T- Dante in 2020. And oh, that's man. coming from yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dur- durability, too, even though they, they both sure. put their knees, their knees a, out. But. Just who they are. Dante's skill set right now is absolutely perfect. Oh, yeah. man. Well, that's a wrap Sorry, Dex. on this okay. episode of Purple He's Daily. Down, uh, didn't mean to. Great birthday start. Thank you. Yeah, ruin your birthday for you. Happy birthday to Declan, yeah. 28 years old. Old man. If you have advice for Declan on his 28th birthday, drop a line in our YouTube comment section, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. How should Declan go about uh, Find a new his, his football team, year. Dex. Perhaps the Buffalo Bills. That guy on the left, does he have a purpose yet? I'm sure that's most likely that'll that'll be the comments. Because I see those still every every day. What does that guy on the left do? He doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. Literally. You really, do we really crazy. get that comment? Yes. Like, what does the guy on the left do? Dex does everything behind the scenes for us so that we can sit up here with our Santa Claus beards and be negative about the Vikings. All right. We'll see you guys <laughs> on chub- the state. Our chubbiness. <laughs> the state of Kirk. Someone made a comment like, Phil looks like he's keeping the restaurants in business. I not only with that. his own orders, but other people's orders, that's too. Not very, that's not <laughs> very nice. I am. It's great. All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily.